Well, good morning. Let me, uh, let me assure those of you who were concerned when you heard that you were going to get three sermons this morning, that uh, we are thinking of this along the lines of one sermon, three preachers. So it's not going to be three 30, 40-minute sermons. It's going to be three little sermonettes, about 10 minutes each. But this is going to be a cohesive whole. We're going to get uh, a perspective here. We thought that this would be a good time after all that we've been through as a church and as a country, really, to uh, get a little perspective to reflect on where we are at this particular point. And so we've got three elders lined up this morning to give you their perspectives. We're calling this the view from here, the view from here. How do we see things? How do three different elders see things at this point for PBC? So you're going to get our perspectives. First of all, I'd like to tell you that I'm excited. I, I, I'm usually excited, but I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things. But from the perspective of PBC, I'm excited about two things. Number one, I'm excited about God. I'm excited about who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, what he will do. I, you probably know, I, I try to spend a lot of time with the Lord. I spend a lot of time in the scriptures and prayer and reflection, meditation. I go on retreats, spend time with the Lord. I'm just excited about who he is. He hasn't changed. You say, how can you be excited in the middle of the pandemic about a church? That's because I'm excited mostly about God, about who he is. Number one, I'm excited about God. Number two, I'm excited about you. I'm excited about who God has brought to this church, who God continues to bring to this church. People of all ages, people who don't need to be in a church where everyone looks like them, people who don't need to be in a church where everyone votes like they do. Here we are. I'm excited about you. Let me illustrate this in one particular way. If last month, uh, we went on a retreat. That is, the pastors, the directors, and the admins. We all went on a retreat together up to Mission Springs, and we spent a couple days together. And uh, at one point, we reflected on something from Genesis chapter 16, uh, two questions, where have you come from and where are you going? And each of us spent 45 minutes with the Lord and came back and shared our reflections on that. And as each person shared... As each person opened up his or her heart, you could see the greatness of God. You could see Jesus in what they shared. And you could also see the authenticity of who they were, the, 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 the deep and ongoing and abiding relationship with Christ that each of them had and continues to have. So I'm excited about God, and I'm excited about you. I'm excited about who God has brought here. And uh, my calling, my personal calling that I feel has not changed. It's to, by the power of the Spirit, inspire you to know God and follow Jesus. It's pretty simple for me in terms of what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm trying to, uh, trying to inspire you to know God and to follow Jesus. Now, I'll be honest with you. At this point in my life, uh, I'm not that interested in organizing things around here anymore. I never was that interested in doing that, but I did it for a lot of years, and I still do some of it, but I'm really not that interested in doing that, those kinds of things anymore. But I'm as excited as ever about preaching and teaching the Word of God and discipling people. So I've got this little tongue-in-cheek metaphor that I use, that I've used for the last couple of years, and I say, um, just show me where the pulpit is. Just show me where the pulpit is. It's a tongue-in-cheek metaphor, but in the last 18 months, I've had to take my tongue out of my cheek because the pulpit has been on the move. About 18 months ago, I was right here, and the pulpit was right here. 
And then, um, then it was up, then the upper room, we were doing live stream, nobody could come. So the pulpit was up there. And then for a while it was back here. Okay, oh, they'll come down here and preach. Okay. And then it was in the parking lot. Of all. Now they've moved the, part of the pulpit to the parking lot. So I had to learn to preach it. I loved it out there. But the pulpit was there out in the parking lot. Then they said, okay, the pulpit's going to be back here again. So I come back here again. But it looks kind of like a new place. It's all exciting. It's the word of God going forth. Whatever has happened in the last 18 months, the gospel has not been imprisoned. The gospel never has been and never will be imprisoned. And God has enabled us to preach the gospel, to preach the word of God. The word goes forth, and now it's going forth over live stream as well. Praise God. I remember a conversation uh, a few years ago, many years ago, in fact, with Ed Woodhall, one of our former elders. He was an elder at that time. Now he's an elder emeritus, still involved, very much involved with the recovery ministry. And he said to me, lives are at stake. Lives are at stake. In, in what we do here, lives are at stake. And he was speaking um, in, in, not in conventional terms about life and death, because whether you believe in Christ and grow in Christ, that's more than a life and death proposition. These are matters of eternal consequence. So as we gather here together on Sunday mornings and elsewhere, lives are at stake. And those words have come back to me in recent months for some reason. It's strange the things that you remember. I think the Lord gives you an ability to remember certain things and certain things come back to you. His words have motivated me in recent times. Lives are at stake. Therefore, I say to you today, know God and follow Jesus. A few weeks ago, I went on a personal retreat to Big Sur and uh, I spent three days there with Psalm 23. Uh, meditating on it, reading on it, praying through it, and it begins famously, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A, uh, a translation that takes into account the way that language is used today would go like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Thought a lot about that for three days. I shall not lack. You shall not lack. You lack nothing. Do you realize that? You lack nothing. The pandemic may have slammed you. You may be worried about everything. You may have all sorts of concerns. You lack nothing. You have everything you need. You have everything you need, especially to know God and to follow Jesus. You have everything you need within biblical definitions of true and enduring humanity. You don't need to go outside of that. You don't need to go outside of true and enduring biblical definitions, for example, of human sexuality and human gender. You may struggle for the rest of your life, but you have this great opportunity to know and follow Jesus, whatever happens. And when certain difficult things happen, perhaps the opportunity increases to know and follow the Lord. I go through a uh, three-year Bible reading plan. And uh, recently I came to one of my favorite verses, which is 2 Chronicles 25.9. Give you a brief context here first. Amaziah is the king of the south. 
and he is worried about everything that's going on, so he, he enlists these mercenaries from the north, thousands of mercenaries, and he pays them 100 talents of uh, silver each, and this man of God comes to Amaziah and says, what are you doing with these guys? You don't need them. Get rid of them. And Amaziah says, well, what am I going to do now? I get rid of these guys. I already paid them 100 talents of silver each. And the man of God says to Amaziah this, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Whatever you lack, whatever you think you lack, whatever's been taken away from you, whatever you want that you do not have yet, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. He is able to give you not least himself. And if you have him, you have everything you need. Go deeper with the Lord. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. The Lord is able to give you much more than whatever else it is that you want. He's able to give you himself. Finally, I like to say that the Lord's been good to us at PBC. The Lord has been good to us. We've been here for 73 years now. And for 73 years, in season and out of season, we've had our ups and downs, like all churches. But we've been able, the Lord has enabled us to help people come to Christ and grow in Christ for 73 years through all the ups and downs, and we are still here. I don't know if we'll be here tomorrow. God knows. But we're here now, so we have the opportunity now. God has been good to us, and we must remain faithful. We must continue to preach the word and to teach the word and to disciple men, women, and children. Why? Lives are at stake. Not whether you live or die, whether you know Christ and grow in Christ or not, that's what's at stake here. Lives are at stake. Why has God been good to us? I do not know. I don't know that there's anything special about us as individuals. I don't know if there's anything special about us as this church. I don't know why God has been good to us. I have a little bit of an idea of how God has been good to us. He's been good to us in so many ways. And let me just highlight a couple. Joe Taylor, one of our elders who serves as our treasurer, tells us that we are in good financial condition. How did that happen during the pandemic? 18 months of a pandemic, we are in good financial condition. God has been good to us. God has been good to us not least through the decades by giving us good elders who love this church and who serve this church with a full heart. Elders like Joe Taylor, for example. We are an elder-led church we are not a personality-driven church. The founders of Peninsula Bible Church have given us a way of doing church that has served us well through the years. One of the elders that the Lord has given us is next up to the pulpit, Brian Chu. Brian is right there, and his wonderful family is right there. His wife, Vanessa, and his three children. Uh, Brian has a lot on his plate with these three children, one of which... Go Gauchos, he's about to send off to college. And uh, he also has a rather complicated day job. Nevertheless, Brian serves with a full heart, a full life. And he's uh, given much to us as the moderator of the elder board for the last few years. So before we hear from Brian, we're gonna hear from a special guest. 
Three years ago, I had the opportunity uh, in commemoration of our 70th anniversary to fly to Oregon. I spent a day with Elaine Stedman, who is the widow of our first pastor, Ray Stedman. I also spent the time with two of their daughters. And uh, it was just an awesome time to be with Elaine. And um, we, went out, we all went out to lunch together and we took the videographer out to lunch with us and we shared the gospel with the videographer. Um, at this time. And then I flew back and I got this email from one of Elaine's daughters. And she said, that, that scene at the restaurant, dad would have loved that scene. So let's hear from Elaine Stedman from three years ago in commemoration of our 70th anniversary. Well, good morning. Uh, I'm always amazed at how God weaves a morning together. I didn't actually know that video was going to get shown, and uh, she pretty much said it all. Um, it's amazing. I, th there's a sermon that uh, if you look up the passage that I'm going to look at this morning briefly, Ephesians 4, uh, Lane's actually has uh, listed out quite well um, what it means to have ministry of the saints here at PVC. So I encourage you to look that up. Um, when I think about what excites me here at PVC, it's just the fact that we've been able to regather, right? I mean, that's so exciting to be able to 
hear the buzz out on the patio and to see people be able to, uh, to be together. And I hope that encourages you to continue to think about ways in which you can love one another, uh, to serve one another, encourage one another, exhort each other. Another thing that I've been excited about is I can't imagine the, the number of times that I've met someone new over the past uh, weeks and months uh, sitting in the pews or sitting in the parking lot. It's been fantastic just to, to see the amount of new folks. Uh, maybe I don't recognize you with the mask on or something like that, but I think it's, it's genuinely been, been a lot of new folks coming. So from my view from here, I wanted to encourage you with something that I think is a foundation of PBC. What makes PBC? whether you've been here for years or you're newer to PBC. And it's this concept of the ministry of the saints. It's the idea that all of us together use the gifts that God has given us so that we can build up the body of Christ. We can then participate in the mission that God has given us. A few, a few weeks ago when we had the food trucks, we were asked to put name tags on and you had to put the number of years that you've been at PBC, and I just kind of did the math in my head and I wrote down 25, which kind of surprised me, one, that I'm that old, but two, that I have actually been here 25. And I'm sure there's many of you out here that have been there longer than 25 years. Um, but I remember, you know, kind of as a new person walking through those doors and um, hearing Steve Zeisler for the first time preach. And, I was just amazed because I was like, wow. And as many times as I've walked out of Steve's sermons thinking, I've heard that passage before, but not like that. Not with that kind of gospel grace infused in those sermons. And I think that's really a hallmark of PBC. Um, I didn't get to overlap with Ray. Um, my 25 years didn't, didn't extend that far. But I got to hear others. Um, I never met Ron Ritchie, but I remember his last sermon. Um, sitting back there and remembering hearing someone preach about why they loved Madonna, the musical artist. I thought that was the strangest thing. But again, I think if you know Ron, I hear that's consistent. Um, then there was, I've always appreciated Doug Goins and his very clear expository style of preaching. I remember uh, running out and seeing all the, the children's ministry in the back and, and we had a vibrant one led by Kathy Means. And that's actually how I first started getting involved, was teaching a, a kindergarten class. And boy, that was the longest hour of my life um, as a young adult. After I was married, I really appreciated Judy Herminghouse's uh, women's ministry and, and how she really well discipled and loved women, my wife included in that. Um, I've had the privilege to serve as an elder for over a decade now. And when I started, there were men uh, like Craig Duncan, Ed Woodhall, uh, Ray Cookingham, Steve Zeisler, Steve Holman, Andy Burnham. And I really looked forward to taking that opportunity to learn from them. And then they retired. <laughs> and I'll be honest, it was a little bit intimidating, still is, right, to think about, well, those are, those are big steps we have to follow in. But I think they would all tell you, and they would tell me, it's not their footsteps that we have to follow in. Right? Just as Scott just said, we follow the Lord Jesus. And they had in their way prepared me and they prepared all of us to do just that. Change continues to happen, especially in these last two years. As hard as the pandemic's been, it's opened up really new ways for ministry to happen 
If we haven't said it enough, I, I really thank all the folks that have put together the live stream. We've gone from zero capability to being able to live stream and do it well. Um, then we moved out into the parking lot, and for all the work that it takes to set up that giant tent and to move the chairs and do all that th stuff, uh, that was fantastic, just so we could continue to meet. And now, we were wondering, you know, we had the, the remodel in view, and we were wondering, how are we going to do this without disrupting our Sundays? Well, the pandemic disrupted our Sundays for us, so we got the remodel done. And now we're working on the back, which is fantastic. And yes, we've had a fair number of turnover in our staff as well, which inevitably leads to more hiring activity, which, as it turns out for the elders, is one of the things we do a lot of. <clears throat> when I look back over the years, a lot of our elders' meetings seem to focus on that, the people we've hired into the roles. And this can come out in various different ways. You know, obviously, there's the hiring itself, but there, we also do reviews. We, we check in with folks. How are they doing with the Lord? How are they doing with their ministries? Um, how are they doing in their families? Then we spend time looking at identifying future leaders as well. And I'll be honest, when I joined as an elder, this is not what I thought we would be doing at all. Um, but I think as we look at this passage from Ephesians, it tells us exactly why we're doing this. And Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 tells us this. And he gave it the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. You see, I realize the reason we spend so much time on those topics of hiring and how they're doing is exactly this verse. The names and the faces change, but core to who we are as a church is this idea of ministry of the saints. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. You see, this verse tells us there are some who are given gifts, and those gifts are to be used to equip the body. And equip means to bring to a condition of fitness. You can kind of think of them as your spiritual trainers. The ones we have hired here are the ones to help us get into shape so that in turn we all can participate in the work of the ministry and build each other up. It's not up to the pastors alone. And let me il illustrate this. Uh, back in July, we introduced Becca Lopez as our new children's pastor. And we don't expect Becca at all to be the sole discipler of all the children that come through children's ministry. I don't think any of you would have that expectation. That would be a crazy huge job. Rather, her role is to identify, find, train, equip others who can join in that ministry and build up our children in Christ. And in fact, this is what's happening in children's ministry, in youth ministry, middle school and high school. That's what's happening throughout our body, and it's great. You know, I learned something else when preparing for this morning. Uh, for years, I have disliked the word volunteers uh, when we talk about ministry. My own incorrect perception of this word is that it somehow communicates something optional, something not necessary. But as I looked it up, volunteer, voluntary as a word doesn't actually mean that something is optional. It just means something that someone does out of their free will. So the ministry of the saints is neither optional, nor is it something forced that you have to do. But I do think it's more than just something you do of your own free will. To me, it should be something as natural as breathing. This is how the church is meant to function. Here at PBC, we believe in training, in equipping, 
uh, and then letting people do what the, what the Lord has gifted them to do. So whether you've been here for a week or 30 years, be part of that process here. Scott just encouraged us to follow Jesus. And there is an individual sense in that, yes, absolutely. But I think this is the corporate sense in which we can all follow Christ together. What could it look like? I think it could look like this. Scott mentioned my oldest is going off to college this year, um, as his oldest was this year. And I wanted to have a celebration uh, with him and, and the other uh, folks in his life, particularly men who have helped him become who he is at this point in life. And as I went through the list of who to invite, this was not a small number of men. And I was grateful to have that. We had family, friends, youth mentors, men in our community group. This is the body at work, helping to grow others, helping to grow my son, who could hopefully grow in the, and then love and serve others. They've encouraged him with words from scripture, examples in their own lives, examples of service, and just by living life together. With all that said, we don't have this all figured out at all. Um, how it's looked like in the past, it might look completely different in the future. I, I've kind of sensed in my own life and maybe yours as well that life is just, it feels busier than it used to be. And maybe we can't, uh, we don't have the time to do some of the things that we thought we had before. So some of the things we think about in our meetings, do we hire more to help cover these areas? If we hire more, does that cover up an area that maybe somebody else could have stepped into does that create more areas for ministry, opportunities to do that, or does it hinder it? I feel like in this area in particular, we have specialists for everything, right? And do we bring that mentality here at church? Well, how do we let people who aren't quite specialists grow in that role and get there? These are conversations we are having and continue to have, and we'd invite you to, to, to step in these conversations as well. To finish up, one of the best taglines, and I'm not a big tagline person, but I think this was great, uh, recently we've had here, is PBC meets here. And I think it communicates the underlying belief that we're not about this building or any program, but we're about being the people of God together. It's great to be together again. We're now gonna watch a video clip that I think that demonstrates really well an incredible blessing uh, that happened during the pandemic, and it, it happened when people of God came together to use their talents, and it's the blessing. Thanks.
was awesome. It's hard to follow that, right? <laughs> How great to remember all the cool things that God has done in the midst of the last season. I think that's what I've been really struck by. You know, I've been here at PBC a while as well. I started coming as a freshman in college. I've been here for 26 or so years. And, uh, you know, the last 18 months, I'm not sure I've ever seen as much creativity and just kind of problem solving, trying to figure out how can we do what we do as a church in a totally different world. The Bay Area Blessing is one of a lot of really cool things happening that happened. I want to think about some of the stuff that happened over the last 18 months. We did a fully pre-recorded Easter service in 2020. We did a preaching series called One Kingdom Indivisible with over 25 other churches from the Bay Area coming together to preach the same sermon series. Our shower ministry here at the church has exploded. And if you've been here during the week, you see tons of unhoused residents being blessed by showers and welcoming people, warmly greeting them. We've done a digital VBS. We did a drive-through trunk retreat. The recovery ministry did a digital evangelism retreat. Uh, we've increased in serving and mentoring and counseling and discipling in all sorts of new ways. We did the Bay Area Blessing, and then again, the Bay Area Christmas Blessing. We collaborated with other Palo Alto churches to do Palo Alto Christmas, where we had drive-through scavenger hunts at each of our facilities. We did a prayer vigil at Palo Alto City Hall. We did a collaborative preaching series in Lamentations with other Palo Alto churches. All of these things were brand new, things that God brought to us and just inspired us to do because of the unique circumstances that we found ourselves in. And what strikes me is that these are all very new things, very creative, but they are all just us doing the same thing that we've always been doing. It's still PBC. It's still knowing and following Jesus. It's still the ministry of the body. Even though we do these new things, our values, they haven't changed. We're still about following Jesus together. We still have this deep belief that you can encounter the God of the universe through the pages of his revelation and know him through those words. We still believe that it's us, the body, as Brian said, we do the ministry. It's not a staff or professionals. It's the assembled people of God who do ministry. And we still express that in our very unique way with shared leadership and kind of an attitude of everybody brings what they've got and God does something with it, which this morning's worship service is a great example of that, to see how God weaves through different people's efforts. Second Corinthians 5 has always been a really important passage for this church. In it, the Apostle Paul speaks about us as new creations, but he also goes on to say what that means for our calling to the world. So I want us to listen to 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 20. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the ministry of reconciliation. 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For me, the the view from here is the view that I mentioned at the beginning of our Easter service several months ago. And it's a view that I have when I stand on top of a hill near my house and I look out over the Bay Area. I see Google, I see Facebook, I see Stanford University, the influential places of this area, but I also see grocery stores and restaurants and gas stations. And I also see RVs with people living in them and unhoused residents and people living in houses that cost way more than they ought to just because of the piece of land that they sit on. This is our area. This is the Bay Area. And this is the place that God has given to us, PBC and this community, the Ministry of Reconciliation. And as I've prayed about what God has done among us, the the, the image that just keeps coming to my mind is the image of potential energy. Now, this is a physics term. Some of you know that. It's very obvious. If you don't know it, here's a definition of potential energy. The energy of a body or system with respect to the position of the body or the arrangement of the particles of the system. That's very technical language. An example, a raised weight, a coiled spring, or a charged battery has potential energy. Let me say that again. The energy of a body, that's us. We are a body. With respect to the arrangement of the particles of the system, that's you. And what I've seen God doing over the last several months and years even is is equipping us, is building us. We've been in just this season of change, a season of remodel, a season of building our staff team. And, And I feel like God has given us a sense of there is a calling for us as a church that he's been preparing for us. And it's ready to be released. Uh, We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know exactly what that will be, but we know that God has prepared it for us. Now, for the last several years, I've served as the elder to the worship ministry. And so I want to say a few words about what happens here on Sunday morning, because I've been particularly close to the process of that. And there has been so much change for what happens on a Sunday morning at PBC. We've gone from a season where we had a lot of stability, a a decade or so of really stable leadership and consistent patterns and rhythms to the last three or four years where things have changed over and over again. The pandemic's been a big part of that. Uh, Leadership transition's been a big part of that. But I wanna just allay some fears because I know that some of that change has been hard for people. Change always involves loss. There's always something to miss when change happens. But let me assure you that if you're concerned that PBC has gotten flashy or or we're all about live stream or we think we're gonna be the next big thing, that that is not the case at all. 
that, that we've been following God step-by-step step to, to see where he's been leading. But our primary goal is this, to say what can happen when we're together in a room or outside on the patio or however we can gather, how can we as a body worship God together? That's the focus. And the live stream is there if you can't be here so that you can participate. And also we're moving into a culture where people want to see what's gonna happen before they come. So now there's this opportunity to say, here's what it's like, we want you to come. And you can see it in advance to know what that's like to, to help your comfort level in coming. But we do not have goals of becoming a digital ministry or, or broadcasting, you know, having PBC all over the world. God has called us here to be here. And there's still gonna be change. Some of these things are in transition. We're still in the search for our next worship pastor at PBC. Uh, we haven't given you an update on that in a while, but that search is ongoing. We've been talking to candidates. Uh, we're looking to see where God might lead. Lindsay Westman is continuing as our worship director. She's gonna stay um, throughout. And once we hire a worship pastor, she will continue to serve as a worship director. David Olison has been great to come and help us. He's going to continue leading worship uh, regularly over the next months or however long it takes. Um, God has us in a good place, but there's going to be more change as we look forward. I want to say one more thing, and that's that um, both Scott and Brian alluded to it, but PBC is still about us. You know, people talk about going to church. And when you say the phrase going to church, that can lead you to one of two false beliefs, that church is a place or church is an event. And we've always stood against that at PBC. We've always said the church is the people. We are the church. And our place, our physical location had for many years been, uh, how do we say, <laughs> not our primary focus, right? And I always used to say that what happens on Sunday morning in the worship service is not the best thing about PBC. That this is an introduction to the life of the community, but as you get to know the people and get involved in the community, it only gets better. Now in recent years though, we've spent money to make our place a little nicer, a little more functional. And we spent a lot of time to make what happens on Sunday morning, work with cameras and work on the live stream. But that doesn't mean that we've changed our fundamental understanding of what we are as a church. We are not a building. We are not a room. We are not about our facilities. And we are not about an event. We are still the people that God has called together. And I wanna leave us with a challenge. That challenge is to lean into this calling that God has given us of the ministry of reconciliation. From my view, what I think God has prepared us for, given us potential energy, is to, is to be a representation of the gospel to a culture that desperately needs it, that doesn't know God, that can't imagine knowing God, but we can do this. It's crazy to me, this passage, Paul says that he has entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. God has entrusted to us. Why? I don't know. But through us, God makes his appeal to the world. 
So that's my challenge. Scott reminded us that our, our basic calling is to know and follow Jesus. Brian reminded us that we do that as a body, each contributing our efforts. And my challenge is that we would lean into this calling that we have as ambassadors of Christ. We're gonna respond in worship now by singing of the goodness of God. God has been good to us. He continues to be good to us. Many of us, most of us even, have a deep sense of God's goodness in our lives. I'd love to see how God could use that conviction that we have of God's goodness so that others can know the goodness of God, so that others can be welcomed into this family, can become a part of the body, can, can know and follow Jesus along with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this place, for this church, for your presence among us, for the way that you have worked and the way that you're going to work. Pray that you would help us to be faithful to your calling to us, that you would empower us to do what you plan through us. We lift this up in the name of Jesus and by your spirit.